when we talk about the manger, what do you think of? When we look at the manger scene, what do you think of when we look at it? A lot of times we think of a baby. Sometimes we think of Jesus. Some of us think of the shepherds, the star, Mary and Joseph, the king of kings. Some of us think of a miracle. Did somebody give me a gift? Hey, it, 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 it even says to Ryan on there. Did you get this for me, Kevin? No? Okay. Somebody got me a gift. So sometimes we think, when we look at the manger, we think of a gift. I wonder what, man, it's even wrapped in Grinch paper. I don't know who did that. Man, what do we got here? Guess I'll be taking that back. Wow, thanks. Whoever got that, I don't, Kevin didn't get that, but I don't know who got that for me, but man. So, anyways, so it's Christmas season, right? But what season is it today? What is today? December 26th. Best known as uh, National Return Your Gift Day, right? So here's the thing. You think I'm joking. We all laugh, but you think I'm joking. When I looked this up, I was totally amazed, and I want to share this with you. This is a 2019 study that was done, so just two years ago. It says some retail industrial analysts estimated that nearly $90 billion worth of gifts will be returned. That's two years ago. $90 billion dollars. They also said somewhere around 34, 34% of those gifts will be returned. 34% of them. This is the one that really amazes me. Now, this is from 2017. It says, even the UPS has gone so far to unofficially deem January 3rd as a holiday. National Returns Day, where according to a 2017 CNBC report, Nearly 1.5 million return packages get shipped back. Now, again, that's 2017, so that's four years ago. How many of you have shopped online this year? Yeah, I bet that you could triple that. I bet you could triple that easily from 2017. So what are some, what are, what are some reasons why we would return things? The big thing is, is because we're just an unsatisfied country. We're so unsatisfied. But why are we unsatisfied? What, what are some of the things of why we would return a gift? One, because I've already got it, right? That would be a legitimate one. Or it's the wrong size. Maybe you got the wrong size. Or maybe, maybe it's like, oh, I really don't like that. That's not my color. Or it's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm too good for that. That's not, that's not the brand I wear. Or maybe it's like, I can't believe they would buy that for me. They don't know who I am, right? Those are some reasons that we give. All because we're just such an unsatisfied, we live in such an unsatisfied time. We just can't find satisfaction. Now, this just absolutely reminds me of a story that we hear in, in the Bible, and John. In John 4, we hear a story of Jesus. He goes, 
he goes to the well, he's traveling, and um, he's traveling, and as he's coming up to Jacob's well, his disciples are going into town, and he's going to rest because he's just tired from all his travel, right? So we're going to pick up that story there, and it's in John. If you want to just flip to John 4 in your Bibles, um, we're going to start in verse 7, and I just want to read this to you. It'll be on the screens as well. It says, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked me, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than the father Jacob, our father Jacob, who, get, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Then the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I can, so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go and call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you, have, when you say you have no husband. In fact, the, or the fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man who you are with is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Every year, you can drive through a town, you can drive through the country, you can look at a courthouse, you can look at people's houses, you can look at the community centers, you can look at churches. And what's one thing you see besides Christmas lights? You see a nativity scene, right? And in that nativity scene, you see the manger. And in that manger, you see baby Jesus. We keep going back every year to that same nativity scene, right? We keep going back every year to that manger. Just like the woman at the well, every day she went back to draw water. And when we see her story, we see how unsatisfied she was because she didn't have one, two, three. She had five husbands. And the guy that she was with wasn't even her husband. So there's at least six unsatisfied attempts to get satisfaction. See, in her story, it reminds me, it reminds me of, some, of, of lust. Now, she may have saw, she may, we may see her story as a, as a sexual side of lust. But so many temptations of things in our life is lust in general. And see, it's a longing for unrealistic satisfactions temporarily. That's what lust is. We're longing for something that's unrealistic, and it's, 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 it's a satisfaction that is only temporary. Just like her, 
We're longing for more and better temporary things that are empty, void, and have no content. See, when we look at the manger, when we look at the manger scene today, it's empty. It's empty. See, we can't just be, we can't just come to Christmas every year and, and return to the manger and just be, and just be there because it's, it's empty. See, every year when I give you my list of demands that I want for Christmas, or I, I say, you know what, I'll just go out and buy what I want, and I'll go ahead and wrap it, and I'll put it under the tree, and then you can say it's from you, right? That's the kind of, that's the kind of mentality we have. But it's empty. See, the manger is empty. You know what else is empty? The tomb is empty. And praise God for those that they're empty. Because here's the thing. They're both empty because they couldn't contain the content that was in them. When we look at the manger and we look at the tomb, we got to realize that we can't be just CEOs. We can't be Christmas and Easter only people and just know who God is. We have to be followers of Christ. We have to be someone that looks beyond the manger. Here's the thing. Those boxes that we give and those boxes that we receive, they're full of great and mighty things. Someone spent a lot of time loving on you or you loving on them, a lot of thought in putting into those gifts as you buy them. But that's all they are. See, when we read the story in First John or in John four of the woman at the well, and I look at that and I see how unsatisfied we are, I got to think, you know, I I can't wait to see what more I can grasp from that story. And I wanted to share with you this: what can we learn from the story of Jesus at the well? And how can that help us look beyond the manger today? How can that help us look beyond the manger today? The first thing is this. Jesus sees you for you, not for who you see you as. Jesus sees you for you, not who you see you as. When we look at verse 9, it says, The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews don't associate with Samaritans. Jesus saw no boundaries. We're his children. He sees us as his children. He sees you. He knows you. He doesn't need a list from you. He knows who you are, and he knows what you desire, and he knows what you need. What else can the story of Jesus and the woman at the well teach us, and how can it help us go beyond the manger? Look beyond the manger. A spring of water is a true source of the well. See, a spring is a natural discharge point of a subterranean water at the surface of the ground or directly into the bed of a stream, a lake, or a sea. Wells are holes that are excavated to bring water and, under, un, and other underground fluids to the surface. 
See, in verse 13, Jesus reminds us that everyone who drinks the water will be thirsty again. So I have a question for you. How many of you on a hot summer day have ever taken a garden hose and drank from it? Raise your hand. All right. So how many of you have ever drank from a garden hose and lived to tell the story? Yeah. Good. But here's the thing. You know, when we grab that garden hose and we turn that water on, and what's the first thing you got to do? You got to wait for that water to get cold, right? Because hot summer day, that, that, that water's nice and hot, man. I mean, it's, sometimes it's so hot, you can't even put your hand in front of it. It's like, man, I wish my hot water heater would get this hot. And you're sitting there letting that water just run out and run out, and the next thing you know, you're filling it, and it's like really cold. So then you, you, you get that hose, and you kind of kink it, and then, because you can't just, you know. So you, you kink it, and then you just get a little sip of it, and you're like, oh, man, this is really good, really good. And then I don't understand why it is, but it's like every time you drink out of a garden hose, you kind of got to get a like, little, little burp out afterwards. Every, I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's like, uh, you know, like, oh, that was great, right? Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Because um, you all told me you've lived to tell the story. So, but here's the thing. After you drank that nice ice cold water out of that hose, did you have to go back to it again? Because it didn't satisfy your thirst. It didn't quench your thirst tells us right there, anyone who drinks of this will thirst again. But then he goes on and says, well, I got another question before I go on. I want to ask you this. How many of you have ever been to like where, where there's like a, a natural spring that comes out, it seeps out onto the, onto the earth or actually has, has, has a, a waterfall or something that, and you've actually drank out of that? How many of you have actually done that? Yeah, see? Several of you. Now, how many of you have actually lived to tell that story? Quite a few of you. We're, we are doing really good here today. So, so here's the thing. But again, everyone who drinks of that will thirst again. It's still from the earth. When I look at verse 14, it says, in John 4, 14, it says, But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. Welling up to eternal life. If we allow Jesus in us and to work through us, he will become a spring of water within us, and that will be a satisfying drink. What can Jesus' story, or what can the story of Jesus and the woman at the well teach us and help us to go beyond the manger? Number three, the welling up of water provides for many things. The welling up of water provides for many things. How many of you have ever been to the Miss Sunwall Reservoir or the Salamone Reservoir? Raise your hands. We've got some great participation today. Thank you guys for helping me out today. So here's the thing. So as a kid, I spent a lot of time on the, on the Miss Sunwall Reservoir. We did a lot of things. We went boating. We would go tubing. Um, I was never really good at skiing. I tried it a few times, and I just had too much fun tubing. Did a lot of fishing, a lot of camping, and just, just had a lot of great fun. Built a lot of good memories, built a lot of good friendships. Had a lot of good fun. But here's the thing. Verse 14, again, I'm going to read this again. It says, but whoever drinks of this water I give them 
will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up, welling up. That's welling up. That is a place where water is gathered. And the Mishnah wall and the Salamone, that is a place where water is gathered. It's a great example. But here's the thing. It, it, it supplies and provides for many things. And if we look at verse 12, John 4, verse 12, it says, are, there greater, are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? See, not only did I get to have fun tubing and skiing and fishing and all that stuff, but we also get to drink from water. We get to, to cook from water. We get to take a shower or bat, take a bath. There's all sorts of things. We get to feed the, crop, uh, the cattle. We get to water our crops from it. There's so many things that you can do with the water that we gather. But I want you to grasp this. The Missinawal Dam was built to gather water to protect Peru from flooding. Now, both dams, both the Missinawal Dam and the Salamone Dam, were built to gather that water from storms and runoffs to protect cities downstream. The dams were also designed to help supply when droughts came because they could control the water as it came out. What can the story of Jesus and the woman at the well teach us? How can it help us look beyond the manger? Has anybody ever had a well dry up at their house? Anybody? Good, I'm glad nobody has had that happen, but, but it happens. Has anybody ever had a pump or a check valve or, or some kind of a mechanical issue with your well, keeping you from the source of the water? Anybody? I have. Yeah, right? It happens. See, that's the thing. Our earthly wells are temporary. Things can happen. But God's word, God's word never dries up. God's word never becomes stale and stagnant. It will always satisfy. It always flows to eternal life. I'm going to read John 4.14 once again because it's that important. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will, be, will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. Welling up to eternal life. It's a flow. It's a current. It's an action. It's a movement. It's always moving. See, the Missinawal Wall and the Salamone Reservoir, again, they protect, they gather to protect. They gather that storm water and that runoff. The wells that we have here on earth, they gather to give us earthly life. The spring of water that we allow Jesus to well up within us is water that flows in us to eternal life what water is filling up your well what is welling up inside you what can the story of Jesus and the woman at the well teach us to help us look beyond the manger
Number one was Jesus sees you for you, not for who you see you as. Number two, a spring of water is the true source of the well. And number three, the, well of, the, the welling up of water provides for many things. Number four, living water flows to eternal life. But here's the great thing. The story doesn't end there. The story doesn't end there. See, we left off and Jesus had just told the, late, the woman at the well all that she had done about her five husbands and the guy that she was with. She had, he just told her about all that. And we're going to pick up the story and we're going to pick it up in verse 39 now. And it says, Many of the Samaritans from that, that, ta- that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritan came to him, they urged him to stay with, him, stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because, his word, because of his words, many more believe, became believers. They said to the woman, we, have, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. The woman did not return back to her town dissatisfied. She did not try to go back and return what she just got given to her, like we try to do with our gifts. No, she shared the gift with great joy, along with all the contents that that gift had. She shared it with people that knew her story, whether they knew it on a good side or a bad side. She shared it. Her influence was greater than she could have ever imagined. But she shared what she had been given with all its content. Like the woman at the well, we too cannot return empty, but full of living water. Water that is welling up within us to eternal life. I want you to catch this. I want you to catch this. The tomb is empty. The manger is empty, and we have to look beyond it. He is not there. He is not there. We can celebrate Christmas and enjoy the season, but we got to look beyond the manger. Now, when I thought about this, I was like, man, how can we, how can we, how can we say something like that? How can something so empty be so full? How can something so empty as the manger, as the tomb, how can it be so empty but yet so full? It couldn't hold the content. It couldn't hold the content. Jesus is bigger than the manger. As I was scrolling Facebook a little bit yesterday and looking at all the Merry Christmas is from everybody, and I don't remember who posted this, but I, I, I love this quote from C.S. Lewis that somebody put on there, and it says, once, once in our world, a stable had something in it that was bigger than the world. Once, a stable had in it something that was bigger than this world. See, 
That woman at the well, she was so empty. She was so empty. She couldn't even see herself as God saw her. And the only way that Jesus could get her to see who he saw in her was to prepare her heart by plowing it with the conviction to prepare it for the truth. There can be no conversion without conviction. She went from being empty to being so full that she could not hold the content. So she told everybody. Now, I want to encourage you guys to look beyond the manger. I want you to to stop focusing on the manger because he's not there. It could not hold him. It could not hold him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you for his birth, and we thank you for all the celebrations that we get to do at this time of year. Lord, and I pray that as we go from here today, that, that we know that there's more to the story, that the story doesn't end at the manger. That's why we need to look beyond the manger. And Lord, I pray that, that our lives will be touched. I pray that forever we will see just how important the living water is as it wells up in us. Mm-hmm.